This episode is brought to you by the crime thriller The Signatory by Stuart Black. Stuart Black weaves a gripping narrative that explores the lengths to which people will go to protect their fortune and the high-stakes world of corporate crime that is most often hidden from view. Head to stuartblack.com.au and grab your copy. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. From all of us in the writing community, we just think we're amazing because put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I welcome back Sarah Bailey, author of The Dark Lake, Into the Night, Where the Dead Go, and The Housemate, for another episode of The Writing Diaries, where we've been documenting Sarah's journey of writing an entire manuscript from the beginning of July last year to Christmas. But we're way past that writing stage, and we're at a whole new place. Welcome back, Sarah. Thanks, thanks, Danny. It's great to see you. Yeah, you too. It feels like ages since we've done this. I know, <laughs> Probably it really is true. Feels like time has just yes Slip. completely slipped away. But um, Boy. I think it has been a couple of months though. So yeah, a little while since yeah. we've spoken. Yeah, but, um, maybe January was the last time. I can't remember exactly. I think but... yeah, I think so. But yeah, I've got a couple of updates. So. Ooh. Yeah, it's exciting. Can't wait. All right, you flashed something at me before. A little bit of paper. Tell me what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think when we spoke last, I had, um, I was just about to maybe, or I had just submitted my draft, my full draft of the fourth um, book in the Gemma Woodstock series. So I did that and then I heard back from my agent and she was pretty happy with it, which was great. And then it went off to my publisher, which is always, um, you know, a little bit kind of daunting. Uh, so the good news was that she read it and she was really happy with it as well. Um, she doesn't tend to give me feedback unless she's got major concerns. She kind of passes it straight on to the editor um, and I think they have a conversation about anything that she's, you know, worried about or wants the editor to kind of look out for. Um, so then I just had to play the waiting game for a while because obviously it takes a fair amount of time for someone to review a manuscript and put together notes and then essentially build out a structural report. And so that's what I flashed in front of you before. Um, mm-hmm. I've finally got my hands on the structural report of the book, um, which basically becomes my homework for the next couple of months to work through. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I it's funny, I've actually never seen anyone else's structural report. So I have no idea. I was thinking about that the other day. I've got no idea if mine are typical, weird, like bad, good. I have no kind of point of reference. Um, but mine are all fairly consistent because I've been lucky enough to work with the same editor um, on everything I've written, except for a couple of, you know, small little sort of pieces and short stories and things. Um, so the lovely Kate is my editor and she puts a great amount of um, 
care and attention into these structural reports. And they are <laughs> they're definitely a gift because, <laughs> um, you know, feedback is, feedback is a gift, um, but they are also really quite intense um, summaries of, you know, this thing that you've written. Um, and I, I mean, I remember receiving my first one for the Dark Lake and being kind of a little bit overwhelmed and couldn't, I, I couldn't work out how I would even start to address it. It felt like that, that saying where people say, how do you eat the elephant? I was like, I just do not know how to tackle this. I'm much better now at kind of going, cool, maybe do some of the easy things first, ease yourself into it, break it down into smaller tasks. You know, it's that kind of process. But yeah, it's essentially a 27, I think this is 27 pages, 27 page document, um, which feels very serious. And it's a big summary on um, the book itself. And some of that is um, copy and pasted sections of my manuscript, like to illustrate a point. So there's probably, I don't know, maybe actually 20 pages of sort of notes and thoughts and um, queries and things. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's an overwhelming thing to receive about mm. something that you've written. Um, and yeah, I've read it. I haven't actioned it yet. I've just read it. <laughs> How long have you had it for? Only, I've only had it for a couple of days. Um, I, I had heard from them that they were both, you know, happy with it. And there was a couple of things that Kate um, sent me early just to say, hey, you can start thinking about these few things if you like. So I had a few kind of um, theme, theme kind of queries, I guess, which I've been sort of thinking about. Um, but yeah, I haven't read the book in about, oh, I reckon at least six weeks, which is really good, I think. Yeah, good to put it um, aside. Yep. So I've, I'll sort of pick the book up. I'll work through what I want to address from, you know, Kate's report, and then get stuck into it. And uh, yeah, it's a completely different process now. Like now that the draft is kind of done. I find this next phase definitely the one, well, historically anyway, that is the most tiring. Like it makes me the most tired, if that makes sense. <laughs> I've got to really concentrate. Like yeah. it's quite a different. Um, it's the creative process is probably less than yeah. it is when you're typing out a draft. I think it sort of starts with like when you're doing the draft, it's very much organic and creative and kind of free-flowing and I can jump around and it sort of feels very it's not always fun fun but it's fun it's the play it's the mm. playful yeah. kind of part um and then when you're doing like you know very formal line edits right in the last stage that I can almost do with my brain half turned off it's it's very much you know it's grammatical yeah you read everything and you're doing it you are engaged but it's a bit more just um task oriented I suppose less kind of creative thinking and it's just double checking things and making sure things make sense this middle phase is very much like the problem solving yeah. phase it feels a bit more math like like sort of hard work maths or something for me where I've got to really go okay you know that's not working how much do I pull the the wool and and sort of unspool the jumper like if I pull this here I've got to then go fix that there and there's almost a little bit of a battle I think you have with yourself about how lazy or not to be. <laughs> I think you, you kind of want to take the easy road sometimes and then you're like, come on, like this mm -hmm. is the time to fix it. I can't not fix yeah. this properly. Yeah. 
but there's a bit of that wrestle going on in your mind because you kind of know that every time you do something you're unraveling something else implications Mm. yeah exactly Mm. so it's definitely a tricky phase but um I have a couple of months um looks like the book will come out in March next year Mm -hmm. so I've got to get this done around July so yeah, that's kind of the that's where the I'm at, and um yeah, I'm happy to kind of go through some of the kind of feedback points and things, but that's the gist of sort of the the process up mm. until now. So very positive. It is, but it's a lot of hard through. work. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think yeah. I think people will be really interested in what types of things come back in a structural report. I mean, you hinted at you know some problems here, some things yeah. that you know didn't maybe work or make sense. So. What are some of the things you're willing to share in that 27-page structural report? Yeah. Um, I think this one is a little bit different from some of the other ones I've got in that um, there doesn't seem to be, from my read, <laughs> maybe I've only I've read it twice, but maybe I need to read it three <laughs> times. It's pretty positive overall. So no one seems to have any major concerns with the, um, the, the key premise of the story, the main kind of hook, almost like the blurb I feel is pretty intact. Like I won't have to change. Mm-hmm. I do a little mock-up blurb at the start normally and that doesn't feel like that's going to need to change. All of the key beats are kind of everyone's happy with. Um, and the first, like I think the start everyone seems also happy with, which is a bit rare for me because I often get a lot of feedback on <laughs> where I've chosen to start the book. Um, but there's definitely some feedback around um, characters Probably the main feedback, like, overall is um, characters needing to feature more and play a, play a more significant role um, or feature less. And I think that's a really good piece of advice because I don't think when you're writing you think about this properly, mm. but you know, if you kind of introduce somebody, they're taking out precious real estate and I suppose it's very much then a case of, are they in in and are they meaningful in some way to the plot? Yeah. Are they purely just a scene setting device, or um, are they sort of you know there? But then it's confusing why they're there. And I think Kate's really good at kind of identifying like you introduce this person and then they disappear, or you introduce this person that felt like they were going to have a big role to play and then they kind of don't really play mm-hmm. a big role. Like, can we think about that? Yeah, um, and that's and really interesting. And it's interesting because that's in your head, obviously, and it makes total Mm. sense to you as you're writing and you can visualise it, whatever. But then when someone else comes in, they're like, I don't know who this person is. Like, where are they again? So it's interesting you get that read that you probably can't because you're too close to it. Yeah, it's just, it's perspective. And even, Mm. you know, some of the points when she was raising them, I was like, I can't even really remember who that person is. (laughs) So it's kind of, yeah, when you're writing, I think, especially if I'm not a great planner, you know, Mm. Just putting people in, they make sense, they set scenes, they do things. And then also I've edited it so many times already myself, right? So I think in some instances I've actually I've edited people out or I've left them in in one moment but then the rest of them have been disappeared. So <laughs> it's kind of that tidying up of does everyone have a role? Um, is the role right? What are they doing to move the plot along? So there's quite a lot of just not solutions but sort of prompts to go, have you thought about this? Could this person play a bigger role? Could this person actually become two, like one person and you could merge those two characters together? Do they need to be separate? Um, I think editors are really good too at looking at the bigger picture when you're kind of quite focused on the moment. Um, and they'll often call out things like, 
it's getting quite confusing. You know, there's lots of people in these chapters or the character names are getting a little bit hard to keep track of and things that I think when you're writing, you, you, you're finding that as well, but because you're trying to fix everything and make it work, you don't tend to be as critical mm. about it. You're just relieved when it kind of comes together. <laughs> and they're like, nah, it's crowded <laughs> in, in this scene, like delete some people. So I've definitely got a few um, a few things to decide, I think, around characters and the role that they play. Um, and then something else that I do find happens a lot with me, and probably because my books are quite long, the characters can often be a little bit inconsistent. So they can sort of start out a certain way. They perhaps, I think it actually takes me a bit of time to settle into what I want them to be like. So she'll often point out, you know, he starts out quite angry and then seems to get a bit softer. Is that what you want to have happen? So again, she's not really ever sort of saying, this is just outrageously wrong. Here's what <laughs> you need to do. Suggestions, very gentle yeah. suggestions. <laughs> yeah. And just like, yeah, identifying areas that feel jarring to a fresh reader, which yep. I never have the privilege of being for my own books, which yeah, is such a right. thing. Like mm. it'd be so nice to delete your memory and then, and then read just read it and go, oh. <laughs> yeah, because I think you pick up on, like you mm. would pick up on so many sure. things, but you just, you've got all this baggage, I guess, that you mm. bring into the um, draft. So, And I just think when you mentioned yeah. about editors as well, like they always impress me with just the, the level of, detail the things they pick up and the nuances they find and just those you know things that you'd never think of you know I've read a couple of structural reports that come back um and you just think not my own but for other books you think oh wow like we need you because I never saw that or thought of that or looked at it in that way they're just their work is you have to have a particular brain I think to be an editor because that detailed focused precision is it impresses me every time I read um, a structural report it's like um it's impressive and irritating because <laughs> <laughs> there is moments when you're reading it and you're like oh my god like that's a lot of detail or you know gosh that's a very meticulous way to approach that and then you're like no but of course like someone has to be mm. absolutely specific about what time the sun sets at that time of year because someone will find that jarring. Yes. Someone will go, yeah. you've taken me out of the story and it's not working for me and, you know, that's not what you want as a writer to be. And they'll tweet to. you, Sarah. They'll be straight on Twitter telling you that you're wrong. They'll email me probably. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it is amazing. You're right. And I think you, you're also very right. It's a certain kind of brain that does identify those things in such a clever way I don't think I have that like I, I can definitely do not have that draft. precision brain no way I, yeah it's it's a different um the way you can step back see a big picture and then get really granular mm. like you've got to be able to switch gears I think and it's yeah it's very um such a specific talent I think I agree um, yeah so I have I have a fair bit of work to do I think on character and then I guess because I've also got a reoccurring lead character um in this book as well Kate has worked with me on all of the other books which is great so she's got really good um context um and she therefore has like a perspective on um how much of the past we bring in mm -hmm. yeah story, which I mean she's broadly happy with but there's just a few points that she's kind of 
queried, I suppose. Because it still um, has to be standalone. Right? We know it's a part of a series, yeah. but you kind of want people to pick up any book in the series and just be able to read it. Yes, totally. Yeah. So it's a real balance between making sure that the story completely stands alone and makes yeah. sense. There's enough backstory that people can kind of go, cool, got it, understand the, the past and sort of get the context broadly fine. But then also if you are a reader that has read all three and you're wanting to read this fourth and, and be on that same journey, that you find the continuity satisfying as well. Mm, how have you gone um, with that? Because I know you were saying you can't remember what's in the first book or the second yeah. book or the details. So you had to go back? I think I think it's been pretty good. Like, you know, she certainly hasn't pu- pulled out too many things that she sort of goes, hang on a minute, this, you know, doesn't ring true at all. Or why would she feel this way when she felt that way? And it's been pretty good. But um, she's actually just had a few little suggestions actually around how to maybe better reference some of the past books mm-hmm. in a really soft way that I think are really good suggestions. So I'll definitely look at weaving them in. Um, and... Again, like she doesn't really, no editors I think that are, that are good come up with heaps of solutions, but she's just kind of gone, maybe you could think about would this be an opportunity to mention that mm-hmm. moment from her past here? Could that work to sort of yeah. explain that reaction? And I'm like, yeah, that could work really well. So mm-hmm. there's quite a bit of the report that's just about Gemma, questions about her, how she's evolving, um, what she says in certain scenes, um, just those kinds of sort of reflections. And, again, it's not sort of necessarily saying this is definitely something you need to fix. It's more kind of going this felt a little bit unclear. Maybe just look at making sure this comes through a little bit more strongly if that's the point you're trying to make. So it's it's kind of like a coach mm. kind of vibe, I suppose, the way that the report tends to work. Yeah, it looks really positive. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, constructive and Mm. um, I mean look I think that when you first get if you you know whenever you first get a structural report I think you are definitely always going to feel a little bit like what I thought everyone liked the book (laughs) you all hate it (laughs) yeah because I think if you get like accepted in any way whether it's an agent or a publisher you sort of go oh great everyone's happy and then you get this thing and you're like no one seems to like anything. This is not. <laughs> and then I think, obviously, now that I've been through this process a few times, I'm like, oh, no, 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 like this is just making the book better. Yeah. It's an absolutely necessary part of the process and no one can edit their own work effectively, mm. com- like especially not on something this big. Yeah, agreed. Everyone has editors, you know, whether you're a journalist or an author or a business person or like, everyone gets feedback. Um. So I think you, it, the headspace is also what changes a bit with these things. You get to a point where you kind of you read them in a totally different way and you're um, consuming them with the right intent that they were given to you and then they become a really useful, it's almost like a kind of like a conceptual to-do list, mm. I suppose, which I quite like. So it's nice moving out of the draft phase where it's all on you to kind of yeah. work out how you want to, approach it and pull it together this then becomes kind of a much more structured process with writing where you're kind of working through ticking things off and managing kind of what order you want to fix things in that can be a bit hard I think Mm. if you change things and you've got to change things and working out where it kind of um, unravels and joins together can be a bit difficult Um, 
but yeah, I think it's that's why I quite like reading them and then just sitting on them for a couple of days and then picking up a few easy bits and pieces and then kind of starting to get a bit more like, okay, now I'm ready to tackle the more um, beyond cosmetic kind yeah, yeah. of renovations that need to be done. <laughs> now you got so, to get right into the sewage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, how exactly. long are you expected to take with this structural report and how, or how long are you given and how long do you think it's going to take you? Yeah, so I think, I mean, timelines are very varied. I think um, I know people work on really different timelines and it, the publishers are always just um, reviewing and slotting things in and they've got calendars and they look at their lists and, you know, I know that they probably try to avoid two crime books in one month or yep. one week or, you know, all those kinds of business considerations. Um, so I am lucky with this book. I have a while, I, I feel like it's been fairly not leisurely, but doesn't feel hectic. So I'll um, be getting this back toward the end of July. Okay. So I think that's... Um, Nearly I three months? About that, yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit over three months. I feel pretty good about that. Having read it, I don't feel overwhelmed about mm-hmm. how much there is to do. I think it's pretty manageable. Um, I had a chat with my publisher about it as well and she was like, yep, I, you know, I think it's pretty straightforward, like there's stuff you need to look at and there's stuff you need to rewrite, but it's not an, an overhaul of any, you know, epic proportions. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a couple of things that I think will be a little bit um, challenging that I'm going to need to really think about and I might, you know, annoyingly need to try something, see if it works and then maybe it won't and then I might have to try and tackle it another way, which yeah. obviously is quite time-consuming, but... Mm-hmm. I think the good thing about when you get to this phase is that you the light at the end of the tunnel is closer. So you've kind of got that, you've got a real sense of like where you're going and it's going to be fine. It's just you have to do the work, but that's okay because there's a prize at the end kind of thing. So it's kind of, I find it fairly dogged determination vibes mm. but with a real sense of purpose and kind of quite um, satisfying because I suppose you really do feel like you're making quite clear pro- pro- progress. You can kind of actually tick stuff off, I suppose, mm. like I've done that. I like I've that. I've that. I've highlighted that section. That's done yeah. now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So It makes you feel like you're moving through it and you're achieving things. Yeah. Yeah, whereas when you're writing a draft, <laughs> yeah, I mean, apart from the word count, which I think is why people get so obsessed with word counts. Yeah, because it's you can tick it off. That's it, right? Like there's nothing else really to kind of measure progress. So, um, yeah, it's a different kind of um, it's a different kind of creative process for sure. But I'm kind of looking forward to getting stuck into it. I think it's been a nice um, timeline so far. Mm. And so we will speak after you finish the manuscript, you know, the um, the report, and then see how that went. Yeah, I mean, I think basically the next steps will be I will go into my little cave and I will toil around with all of the changes and drive myself crazy and get frustrated and then get motivated and all that stuff. <laughs> and then I'll spit back out a um, updated manuscript at the end. I think hopefully it'll be maybe a little bit shorter than the current manuscript, which is running fairly long. Um, 120, was it? Was it about not, that? Not quite. Not it's quite? about 115, I think. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's probably some tidying up that can be mm-hmm. done now with some of this feedback as well. And then it'll go back and 
everyone will read it again and hopefully everyone feels like it's you know better and that the things that were causing perhaps sort of clarity issues or continuity issues are resolved and then it'll go into I might just actually get an email saying look there's still two things that don't feel quite right or it'll just be very yeah kind of specific um spot fire <laughs> sort of things fix those and then it'll go into the line edit phase which is the much more granular yep this word is grammatical stuff yeah stuff or I've missed or there's I don't know inconsistencies at a really specific level and then arcs will be made advanced reader copies will be made at some point oh we'll have to do another episode of that and you one <laughs> get you one first danny because obviously you deserve to ha- read it first oh, wait. and then um and then it yeah it gets proofread so yeah i'm happy to um chat through any of those little stages but i think this is likely to be the most comprehensive difficult phase mm-hmm. once it's kind of into that line edit phase it it's you know it's essentially a book with errors in it and the errors just need to be fixed so (laughs) as opposed to a draft that has some you know fairly significant overhauls and changes that need to be made so yeah it gets easier and easier yeah oh I can't wait and then of course our last one will be in March something to do with a book launch that'll be exciting or the book release I hope so yeah (laughs) yeah I think um yeah, I mean that feels like a long time away at the moment, but I guess it will it'll come yeah, very quickly. Like That's does. right. I just looked yeah. at today and I was like, where did the week go? Like some days and weeks go fast, but this week just I felt like I blinked and it was gone. Yeah. So I don't even know what yeah. I did with it. Probably well, recovering from something. That's the thing in my mind. I was like, oh, it's like it's still a year away from this book coming out, and then I was like, oh no, actually, it's ten mm. months. It's already mm. only ten months. So it's sort of yeah. Once you're in that home straight to yeah. it move relatively quickly and you can just delete november to january like all that christmas holiday stuff and then you'll be like oh it's here (laughs) it is i know so yeah so i think the next couple of months are kind of the real the real grunt grind yeah and then the the rest of it becomes yeah like pretty palatable like it's hard to keep reading it with as much attention actually that becomes the thing that i find hard toward the end you've got to really like force yourself to engage yeah for sure Um, but yeah, the next few months will be like a bit more problem solving, so easier to engage, but h- harder to get right, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait. I'm so glad you shared this with us because I think people would be really interested in the structural report as well. And, and, you know, we've gone on this journey from, you know, you writing it without it being signed and then all the sort of things that went on while you wrote it and then you got signed. And, and now we're at this really interesting point. I actually find the editing process really interesting because you're making something that's you know sort of rough and drafty into just something beautiful and amazing that people are going to consume so I think it's yes probably definitely one of those tough grindy months but it's also amazing because what comes out at the other end will be so satisfying yeah it's just decisions like and um I mean every book has had a a former version of itself which is so interesting to me and I love listening to people talking about Mm. oh my first version of this draft started at a different chapter or yeah. had different characters and I'm like what it just blows my mind that yeah. um you know people have had to go on their own journey with the book and the book you get at the end feels so right generally mm. like such a perfect outcome yeah and the thought that it had all these former lives just 
It's really it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. With mine, to Chris Hammer about beginnings as well. And, you know, his beginnings are very, like, you know, visceral and full on. Yeah. And they don't always start like that. I was like, how, how did that book not start like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's totally. really interesting the point you get to. Yeah, yeah I love that. it's really fascinating and I think yeah decisions you, I mean it's not that you ever feel powerful I don't really think as a writer like well, I, I certainly <laughs> don't but I suppose you are really yeah you're deciding like where a book starts mm. who makes the final cut you know what plot twists are too twisty versus really believable and you who know lives who dies yeah. Yeah. who did yeah. it <laughs> it's really every, everything's on the table and um <laughs> Yeah, you're still at a point where this is probably the last point where you, you know, really change things in any wholesale way. By the time you get to line edits, you're not really changing things unless you have a complete freak out, I guess. So it does feel kind of still new enough to be exciting because you're sort of still making some big decisions. Yeah. And and I think having the um, distance from the book is amazing for that reason because you can come back a bit fresh and be like, well, what was I thinking here? This makes no sense. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's a chan- chance to fix all of those um, previous errors or just misjudgments, I suppose. Mm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So when you get your book finished mm-hmm. just before it comes out, do you read it again or are you just like, I can't bear to read this again? Um, as in like the final copy? Yeah, yeah. I've never read the final copy um, before it's been published, okay. but because of writing a series, I have had to go back mm-hmm like a year or two later yeah. and I've read, like I, I had to reread The Dark Lake when I, um, <laughs> before I finished Into the Night and I think I will probably have to read at least chapters of the third book for this one, I think. So just to, yeah, get some of those continuity um, bits and pieces working properly. Um, but no, I would never. I think before publication just feels like tempting fate because I know I'd find, I'd find an error yeah, and then I'd would. be like, no, I don't this want to no, no. <laughs> Plus, I think it's also still a bit fresh. You've probably only really just read it a few weeks ago as a final proofread copy. And like, once you've done that, you're just not, you just don't want to ever see it again for a little while, really. Yeah, like, I have I heard think, that before. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, a, not a fan of your own. <laughs> work I think you can't really ever be but definitely not that soon (laughs) I love that well thank you so much I love that you are just so happy and to share you know all the processes and I know that a lot of people have commented you know when I've posted the podcast that they're so thankful for someone going through this journey because I don't think we hear it very often you know you hear a little bit about the writing process and this beautiful book comes out and then you're on to the next one so this process I think has been really interesting and really honest and um yeah, I hope it helps people, you know, themselves who are writing. So it's been great. Oh, thanks. No, I, I find it really interesting as well. So I'm I'm happy to share because I always like hearing other people share. So yeah, um, yeah it's it makes it um a bit less mysterious, I think. Yeah, I, I'm all about unraveling that too, just to yeah. just to share the struggles, I think. Why not? <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll yeah, see you in three months. Um, look, maybe before, but three months I think is a good good place to start and we'll talk about um, it's going to be really interesting to compare this episode three months later and go, okay, how was it? How was yeah, it? <laughs> I, I promise I'll be honest then as well and um, we'll see. We'll see how positive I feel after I've wrestled with these 100,000 passwords for a few months. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again so much for your time and um, I look forward to hearing what happens next as always. Likewise. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Sarah.